0: I hope you're doing well my apologies uh, we have a very second rate system and um, without all of our team and so therefore everything is just rubbish. But uh, anyway, alhamdulillah, we've got started now. And let's hope that no lights go off and no anything else happens. And um, we're going to jump straight in. So the last time that we were in our text of al al-Mumti' uh, it was on page 303. Is this fixed This, this is this here. Right, folks, so now, page 303. Righty-ho, good, we've got everyone on, everyone. Good to see you, Mahbub. Good to see you, Suleiman, and everybody else. Right, so what we're going to be covering today is the next... um, so the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, we're going to be going into the into the uh, the list that we're we're talking about. These are the pillars, the essentials of the prayer. فاركانها القيام والتحريم والفاتحة والركوع والاعتدال والاعتدال عنه والسجود على الأضاء سبعة والاعتدال عنه والجلوس بين سجديني وأتمانينا في الكل والتشهد الأخير وجلسته. I don't think we'll go any further than that. It's pillars then. The pillars of the prayer are to stand okay, then the opening Takbir, Al-Tahreema, then the Fatiha, which is uh, which is what we covered uh, the last couple of sessions, and then to bow, that's what we're going to cover today, and then to return to the standing position after bowing, then to prostrate on the seven limbs, then number seven, to sit back up from prostrating, and then number eight, to sit between the two prostrations, and then number nine, to be in a still relaxed state during every action, and then number ten, the final Uh, Tashahud and then maybe number 11 to sit during the tashahud Okay, so that's what we're going to inshallah cover in uh, today's uh, session So we're going to be starting on page 303 of the commentary And it says So this is the fourth uh, uh, rukan This is the fourth uh, uh, pillar of the actual prayer itself and what does a, 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 a rukan, What does the Ruqa mean? Remember, we've done all of the details of all of these actions. So you might be thinking, hold on, why are we going so quickly through Fatiha, Tahrima, the Ruqa, uh, um, uh, the, the different kind of, uh, you know, all of the different actions of the Salah itself. Why are we going through them? Because we covered those in maybe so much detail that it took us about a year, year and a half. And it's called a description of the prayer and you can co- go back and see it in the resource section If you're new to the whole um, if you're new to the whole game With respect to uh, the uh, portal Because I know there's a lot of new folks Then right at the top You have absolutely everything up there You have live lessons You have resources You have absolutely everything Mashallah it's brilliant So um, you can go up there And you can look either go by date Like 2019, 2018, 2017 Or you can go by the names of the chapters But you'll find absolutely everything uh, up there uh, and uh, it's good to have Enosh there as well. I know that he likes to be called uh, Anush, uh, Afghani kind of a name, but um, we always call him Enosh. And uh, he's happy to be live and I'm also happy to be reading off the, the live uh, comments, how it should be. Because uh, in the last couple of sessions, it's all about Yanni just delivering the, 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 the class. I'm not even thinking or even seeing what the comments are and what's going on. And to maintain the uh uh the, the the actual flow of the class i should be absolutely in one with the online questions that are happening normally obviously there'll be on-site questions but now we don't have that uh but uh, it is what it is right so anyway look around the uh the portal and you'll be able to find everything that you've had before so and sujood, understanding, we've done all of that and the position of the hands and the bodies. So now it's more just going back over those details but only now identifying their legal reality. Um, but I will obviously mention one or two little things just to get us in the zone. So first of all, the most important part is this is uh, understanding the legal reality. Why is it? Why is it that it is um, a rukan? Why is it an essential? Because uh, number one, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says "Ya أَيُّهَا amanu آمَنُوا wa O you who believe, make ruku' and sujood. This is an amr, this is a command from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, Shaykh Uthameen says it's obviously well known that it's not legislated for a person when they read this ayah, just to suddenly go into ruku'. So he hears this ayah, goes into ruku'. Ruku' only happens in the vehicle of the prayer. So it's part of the salah uh, itself. So um, that's actually where the uh, obligation or the essential nature of the ruku' is established. The second evidence is the statement of the Prophet sallallahu "Lil Musi The Musi, the one who made a mistake in his prayer, this is the famous one where a person came to the Prophet sallallahu Well, actually, he was praying, and uh, he, um, uh, uh, in front of the Prophet sallallahu Then he comes and gives salam to the Prophet sallallahu and the Prophet sallallahu had watched his entire prayer, and he said, Wa alaikum salam, Go back and pray because you have not prayed." And he made him keep going back, keep going back, and the man kept praying the same prayer again, and each time. He would keep going back and keep getting told to do it again. He couldn't work out what was actually going on. He couldn't realize the mistake. So the Prophet ﷺ then explained to him on the third time, all right, when you stand, first go and make wudu, then when you then, wudu, then you stand, then you make takbir, and then you recite from the Quran, and he described everything. And this hadith is the most important hadith when it comes to the obligations and the essentials of the prayer. And is that's why in this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, hatta inna ra-ka'an. So he said, and then go for ruquah. And be in a still, relaxed state in that ruku' until you achieve a state of tumanina. We'll come to this a little bit uh, later. So, there's a very clear command in the Quran. Number one, a very clear command in the hadith. Number two, the, uh, uh, the hadith, of course, is narrated by Bukhari. We did it before. Number three. The continual, constant action of the Prophet Sallallahu that in every single prayer, he never ever offered it without the Ruku'a. And we know that he again in Bukhari told us, Sallu usalli, pray like you see me pray. So that's another direct evidence. And then fourth, fourth, the fourth evidence is the Ijma ulama ala anna ruku' ruknu min That the complete and utter consensus of all the scholars that the Ruku'a is a, uh, uh, an essential pillar of the prayer no difference of opinion on that whatsoever and there's a nice reference to that in Ibn Qudama in Ibn Qudama's book Al-Mughni the chapter two one six nine, page 169 so that's the Ruqan that's the Ruqa now I just want to say okay because I remember being someone asking me I think last week or the week before um you know um, in the last couple of weeks we've been speaking about Fatiha, right? And the Hanbali position, even though there are different narrations in the position itself as well, but the Hanbalis, they say that the, uh, uh, as you've seen, that you must recite Surah Al-Fatiha, regardless of what prayer you're in, whether you're praying behind Imam, praying yourself, praying in yani Jama'ah, praying whatever it is. Um, the prayer is not valid unless you also recite, even if you can hear the Imam. So, how does that um, uh, translate into, Different situations. For example, if the imam comes late, well, uh, sorry, if you come late. So the imam is leading the salah and you have arrived late. Now, in this situation, okay, if you've arrived and you start away straight away, Allahu Akbar. Awdhu billah, rajim, so you went and gave it a good shot, the right way. You did the right thing. Tried to cover the Fatiha, and suddenly the imam goes Allah Akbar. So after one, two seconds, he's gone for 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 ruku' then this is one of the exceptions and you go down for Ruquah itself there and then. So you go down into Ruquah and here you do not need to recite Fatiha. The second scenario is if you actually come late. Now that means you catch the Imam in Ruquah. So you've actually arrived and he's in Ruquah. And if you do that, then you've obviously missed any chance of saying the Ruquah, the Fatiha, but you had your intention to. So these are the two exceptions to the general rule. So a question then comes, at what point have you caught the Imam? So what ha- what happens if the imam says liman Hamida, or what happens if the imam stands up, and what happens if you've got there but you didn't you got into ruku' but then you didn't say Subhan Rabbi Aladim, or what happens if you didn't get to ruku', what happens if you got somewhere but your back was bent, what counts as a ruku', what counts as catching it, so the answer to this I mentioned before and I'll say it again, is when you get your hands on your knees, so as soon as you've got your two hands onto your knees. You caught the ruku'a even if your back has not become straight. Because once you go for ruku'a, okay, so you're standing there straight and then you've kind of, you know, you've gone for ruku'a, right? The sunnah is to be like this, to have your back absolutely straight, okay? This is the sunnah of the ruku'a itself. However, if a person is a bit like this, you know, bending over or a bit up there like that, whatever, then as long as the hands are on the knees, okay, the hands are on the knees, like we explained it before, then a person has fulfilled the basic conditions of ensuring the ruku. Even if they have not said anything, why? As we're going to come later, the ruku, the ruku, the bowing itself is, is is split into different components. One part of it which is an essential. One part of it which is a wajib. Another part of it which is a sunnah. So, for example, to actually physically appear to be in a ruku is the essential, it's the ruqan, it's the pillar, right? To say subhana rabbil azeem is what we call a wajib, an obligation, one legal status lower. The difference between the two, as we said before, is that if you were to miss out a ruqan from a prayer entirely, whether by purpose or intentional, the prayer is invalidated. If you were to miss out a wajib, intentional or unintentional, whatever, then you have the ability to be able to just do a compensatory to sujood, what we call Sajd al which is going to be the next big chapter, and if you do that, then you cover for the uh, wajib that you've missed out. You cannot do that for a rukan. You cannot make up or compensate with the Sajd al for something which is a rukan. So that's the higher status. The next status is wajib. The next status is a sunnah. So the sunnah in the ruku here would be absolutely bang on, perfect, straight, absolutely, you know, straight as a as a as a as, a, as an arrow. Yeah, absolutely. Psh, so a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit this, a little bit that, you know. Or for example, to recite the uh, Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim three times, or to recite it five times, or to say Subohun Quddusun Rabbul Malaykat wal ruh to add adhkar extra and extra. These are from the Sunnah, okay? So I want you to know that every action of the prayer is divided into these components. And the essential or rukniyah, the, uh, the, the or, the, or the, rather the rukn of the pillar of the bowing action itself is just to physically get there. And what does it mean physically to get there? To get your hand, according to most scholars, especially in the Hanbali school, and it says the position of Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar al that you get your hands onto your knees. As long as you get your hands onto your knees, even if your back is not got there yet, okay? Then uh, then you uh, have caught the Rukan. Uh, Away, salaam alaikum. Well. He said, "Did you just say that you can miss a wajib intentionally or unintentionally?" Uh, sorry, correct. I don't mean intentionally. It's never allowed to intentionally miss any uh, any aspect of the prayer. Any intentional, like I'm going to go into the prayer and I'm definitely going to miss this, is an invalidation of the prayer and a sin. So well spotted, Awais I meant unintentionally. Okay, unintentionally missing a rukan you have to repeat that act and a sajdah salam. You can't compensate for it unintentionally miss an obligation okay well done no man is there as well everybody's awake uh, at least they're, they're noticing that i said intentionally unintentionally if you miss an obligate obligatory action you can you don't need to repeat it in fact you're actually meant to leave it you've forgotten it now or you missed it leave it at the end you do the compensatory two and it's job done intentionally doing any of that as no man and always have pointed out is a complete is a haram act it's a sin and a invalidation of the prayer as well. So that's just an interesting point because a lot of folks then say, all right, so now I understand how I feel that I made the Ruqur or not. So there's two aspects to this, isn't it? In catching the Imam, what you do and where he's at. So as far as you're concerned, as long as you are able to get into the hands on your knees position, okay, then, okay, once you're able to get there, at least you know that I don't need to have to say Subhanah Rabbi Al Azeem. You, you, you have to say it, of course, but what I'm saying is that now you've done what you needed to do as a minimum. Now it's over to the Imam. If the Imam is saying Sami Allahu Liman Hamida, okay, already he's moved on to the next uh, obligation of the prayer, or he's standing up. Now, here's, here's where this is a problem, and this is what the scholars differ over now. I want you to understand, yeah? you have the Imam in Ruqo'a. Then the Imam, he's going to stand up. And as you're going to see in a minute, the next rukan of the prayer is the standing up. The wording, Samiyallahu liman hamida" is actually an obligation in the prayer, not a rukan of the prayer. That's why some of the scholars said that it doesn't matter if he says, Samiyallahu liman hamida" for two reasons. The first reason is because it is obligation, not a, a pillar. And the second is because he has all of this time from here to there to say it. Now you could have a person, an imam, who is fully straight in the ruku and he says Samiyallahu liman Then he stands up. So he blacked you basically. He was still in ruku and, and he said that. The other way around, if a person stands up, okay, if you stand up like this, right, as in you come straight up and stand up, then what he's done there is that he has, uh, according to the differences within the scholars, he didn't do the action itself in a moving in a moving position. He didn't do it in the moving in the in the, in the state of moving rather, and he did it whilst he was just standing. And as we have covered before in the description of the prayer, that these these statements are happening during movement. Our class position is that they happen during movement. So, are you meant to follow the sound or are you meant to follow the movement? Now, especially when you might not be able to hear, if you are like twenty rows back, and we therefore know that in this basis, in this area, we follow the imam in front of us. We follow follow the imam in front of us, um, and on this basis, and on this basis, when you follow the imam in front, it's not going to be the voice that you see, but it's going to be the action that you actually see. It's going to be the action that you actually see. So. In my opinion, and this is the class position, and I accept that there's a difference of, uh, of this uh, in the school, and you know that I don't really stick to the school as much, yeah, but it is important that um, you follow whatever opinion you want to follow, whether another madhab or this, uh, or the Hanbali school, but certainly from our position, then it is that a person is based upon his movement, not his statement. And so if the imam says, liman hamida, It's not as important as him actually standing up. So if he stands up, then for me that's missed. Or he is as close to standing up, or as some of the scholars said, closer to standing than he is to 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 in Ruqaw, then that is to be considered standing. And so that's what's being looked at, not necessarily his Sami Allah. Meaning he can he can mess up his Sami Allah timing, but he can't mess up where he's standing. And so therefore, as long as you are able to get into, get into uh uh uh, as long as you are able to get into position before he uh, stands up entirely this is the Ruquah court even if you don't say subhan rabbi al-Azim Right, let's have a look at some of the points here So Haris says What happens if the Imam has risen but hasn't said Allah? So this is for me a person who can go into Ruquah and he's, and he's got it Okay uh, Naim says Missing the arkan unintentionally nullified that Raka'ah Yeah, this is the humbly position Okay, this is, or rather I should say, this is the one of the, do, if not, if I can't remember if it's the dominant uh, uh, humbly position, or one of the riwayats, but this, this is definitely well known from the Hanabila. I, you have to repeat that particular if you are still... No, no, uh, name, unless I have misstated it, I didn't say that uh, missing Arkan unintentionally nullifies the prayer I didn't say that. I said that, uh, yeah, yeah. I said that missing arkan, sorry, let me get it right. Missing arkan unintentionally and then not compensating for it means that the prayer is invalidated. Why? I don't mean that it invalidates the prayer. I mean if you then finish the prayer, if that makes sense. I think both we're both saying the same thing, but you're focusing on a person remembering. And then, so what, what I'm trying to say Tell me if this makes sense. Name, if I, if if what I'm going to explain now, you're saying, you're saying, missing arkan unintentionally nullified that raka'ah, not the entire salah. I.e., you have to repeat that particular raka'ah if you are still in the salah. Taslim not done. Correct. That's I I completely agree. But that's also what I said as well. What do I mean by that? I I mean that if a person does not do that action again within its own. Uh, raka'a, then the prayer is invalidated. That's what I mean. So actually what we're saying is the same thing. Now, I'm. Uh, we're not gonna cover today how you do that, okay? Because that itself is a discussion. So for example, let's say you missed the Rukua in the first Raka'a and you remember it in the fourth, right? So there's discussion now amongst the Fuqaha that do you just do another one extra and that's it? Or because order is an obligation, you have to go back to the very beginning and then start it from there my point is uh, name is that a the prayer if you do if you unintentionally miss a rukan your prayer is invalidated if you do not make up for if, by if you do not replace that exact rukan do you agree that's the humbly position what i just said there and that's a position of uh, I, I don't know of any scholar that doesn't say that but um i think we kind of six of one and a half dozen of the other all right what about the people who chat at the back in Ramadan and catch the first Ruqut? Is this not similar to intentionally missing prayer, prayer pillars and wajibat of the prayer? So that's obviously what every kid does and uh, maybe some adults as well. Allahu ta'ala a'alam. Is that something which is uh, permissible uh, or not? It's a, it's a difficult one that to be honest. I don't want to get involved in that kind of discussion because they're not even in the act of prayer. It, it gets a bit, It gets a bit messy. All right? Because if they were in the act of prayer, then of course it's something impermissible. But if a person is not even praying, then I don't know, makroo haram, what they're doing, their intention is all messed up. It's all messed up. But a person shouldn't do that. Of course a person shouldn't. Yani, as, as we're going to discuss later on, that's someone playing around the prayer. That's like you know he's playing games. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to sit and chill, let him get over the really long part whilst I'm sitting down, then suddenly just get up yani, for the ruku. Uh, I mean, it's a joke, isn't it? Sheikh, you are saying liman but uh, but are uh, moving your hands upwards. Do you mean Rabbana wa Al-Hamd"? Yeah, sami Rabbana wa Al-Hamd" is what is said whilst you are coming up when you are hearing or when you are Yani, when you are coming up, meaning after you've heard what he has said, you are responding to the actual uh, uh you are responding to the actual point, right? Um so how this is saying that uh If the man is in the process of standing straight, is it a point of being stood up completely straight? No, I don't think it's completely straight because who's to tell what is 100% arrow straight? But what we're talking about is that you are looking at a person and then you're roughly standing. If you recall a misrukan towards the end of a raka'ah, I I forgot to say ameen in Fatiha and remember in sujood, do you get up and repeat the entire raka'ah? or stand, repeat the missed and go back to your position. Now, like I just said right now, that's gonna be something we're gonna cover later, okay? Not now, because that's a complete uh, separate section, number one. Number two, Amin is not a Rukkan in the prayers. Let's just be clear on that. Okay, if you missed mean there's no problem. Number three, just for now, my position is that you have to go back and repeat that entire, that Raka'a and what follows after it. And as I said, scholars differ over that, so we're gonna cover that in detail. So, because order for me is important. is said, zaka'la, So I think we both agree on that point. Adil, so to be clear, if we if we remember mid-prayer, do we do sajda hisab or repeat that raka'ah? Slightly confused. Like I said, Adil, that's going to come later. Okay? But just for your purpose, if you forget a rukan of the prayer, you should do it there and then, and then carry on the prayer from where that was. That is the position that I hold and that I will teach as the class position. But as I said, there's a difference over that and we'll discuss that later. Uh, so we skipped over the reasoning for the exceptions of reading the Fatiha for the two scenarios. We didn't actually. Um, we covered it by saying that the Prophet ﷺ said, This is a clear nas, as we said. It's a clear text which specifies the hadith that there is no salabi illa al-kitab or illa bi kitab That there is no prayer without the, the book the opening of the book, the mother of the book. So that obligates the Fatiha. Then you've got another hadith which says that if you've caught the uh, Rukut and you've caught the Raka'ah, the only way to combine that is to understand this as an exception. We did actually cover that. Uh, Latifa says, but for females who are unable to see the Imam, I guess the voice will be important. So this is where the discussion comes. But first of all, let me just explain to you, you do not need to see the Imam. Yeah, and just like you don't see the Imam, the females, neither do men see the Imam, the Imam passed the first row. Your imam is the people in front of you, right? So you get an idea, but you're right. That's why, and you remember over the last few years, I have been mentioning this, once we started talking about the imam and in congregations, that the imam has a huge responsibility. That's why I always say, it's not right just to say, you know, your half Hafiz Al-Quran, you go and lead the prayer. You know, he's a 15-year-old, 10-year-old, doesn't know nothing about the salah, doesn't know about the fiqh, doesn't know about leading, doesn't know about experience, doesn't know about what actually happens in the real world. So in the real world, for example, there are people who are, um, you know who lead the prayer and who don't understand that they have different age people behind them, men behind them, women behind them, and they will be you know very irresponsibly saying Sami Allah ala for example, not standing up or saying "Assalamu wa rahmatullah, very late or you know different things and not appreciating that there are some people who very quickly go for sajda, other people who go very slow. So for example, another person, one who is going for sajda, for example, and he's going "Allahu Akbar" and he says it quite quickly and he himself is going down like an old camel, yeah? And he's really going down slow. Well, once people in row, row Z have heard Allahu Akbar, they're thinking you're in sajda, and you're five seconds behind because you're 99 years old, or, or you know, your are Shazad, who acts like he's 99 years old, and he moves like he's 99 years old. Every time he moves, he creaks, he's like whatever, and still wants to play tennis, and still wants to run how many kilometers? 20 kilometers in the morning. Which Bhagal wants to do that? Tell me that. Yani the government guidelines say very, very clearly, very, very clearly, half an hour of exercise. One hour of exercise. okay, One hour of exercise. Now you tell me, unless Shazad is Usain Bolt and Mo Farah combined, how the fish is he doing 20 kilometers in one hour? Just tell me that. Yeah? It's not possible. Because you know why? Because my record for 10 kilometers is 52 minutes and 45 seconds. And there's not a chance No, Aman, this is not from Costco. (laughs) You cheeky little fish. This sofa is... uh, I think he got this for me. Our boy... um, uh, Cam. Cam got me this for me from... um, I don't know, Furniture Depot or Furniture World or whatever, whatever. Something like that. So, I hope that that makes sense, uh, Latifa. That actually... uh, To... um, uh, 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 the idea of who you're meant to follow out, what different time, okay? Uh, Salma's trying to work out, yeah, yani, which crew is allowed to gather in the house. This is the different Salma, yeah. We're cursed with the. Well, I don't want to say who we're cursed with, but you know, the situation is is that we don't have the A team. We have the B team. We have Shazad's representatives and yani his fans, right? Anyway, so. When discussing those who are exempt from the obligation reciting Fatiha, you cited a hadith where you said that the Prophet ﷺ said, I can't even read that at all. I'm sure it's the hadith, Man Adraqa. Yeah. We'll bring it. Man Rukufa, Yeah. None of the narrations that I have been able to find use those uh, words. They either say you have caught the prayer or you have caught the sajda, but none say you have caught the raka'ah. Plus in the Sharh, the evidence Shaykh al uses for the exemption is the Hadith of Waqarah where he goes into ruku' before joining the line. I just wanted to clarify whether you misspoke or am I just not finding the Hadith you are referring to. So this Hadith, I think, has, if, from from what I know, has, I don't know, um, multiple, multiple routes of narration. Um, so, for example, the... Um, so for example, if you want to have a search for it, look for the, the narration that we learned when we were young is man So for example, sometimes it's not even got that uh, neat kind of description of That is the imported meaning of the hadith, yani as paraphrased. Now obviously that's a whole different um, uh, school of thought whether it's allowed to paraphrase hadith or to, to take part, portions out and to leave portions so for example i never quote in the famous uh, hadith because the sujood here just confuses people when you're trying to explain it and i'm only explaining it for the sake of the issue of the rakah itself okay but you're right also the hadith of ab uh, by the way may did we not discuss that the hadith of Abu Bakr, you're talking about the one when he. Yeah. So um, I, I thought that we did, but the Prophet, ﷺ, he criticized Abu Bakr, radiallahu anhu, because he came into. Once once he was leading the Jama'ah, and uh, Abu Bakr comes, comes in to the masjid, the Prophet ﷺ says, Allahu Akbar, goes into Ruku'ah. And whilst he's going, whilst he's in the. Uh, 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 walking in, he goes into Ruku'ah, okay, at the door and in ruku walks to the back. The lines are completely full and he can't even get into a line, let alone the fact that he's walking bowing, and he stands by himself in the final line, like he creates his own line in the middle. And so therefore, when he's in that position, he then makes the Ruquh, then he comes up and he finishes the prayer. And the Prophet ﷺ then hooks him up afterwards, which is one of the miracles of the Prophet that he's able to see these things and he told that the hadith states that he said to him don't do that again don't do that again a couple of things is uh, and uh, you're right me so I, I i don't think we did mention this hadith i don't think we did um, this is the primary this is one of the primary evidences that it is sufficient to not recite fatiha in this scenario when you come late one because of the evidence that i said whoever catches the has caught the raka'ah so that obviously means that a person did not um uh did that obviously means that he did not recite فاتحة. but this hadith is even clearer right because if he said to him Bakr, don't do that again and didn't make him repeat the prayer well he's telling him not to do what again Whatever he is, then the scholars differed over what he was told not to do again. One thing we do know is that he didn't make him recite the Fatiha. He knew that he didn't recite the Fatiha in that raka'ah, right? And he didn't make him repeat it, which means that it's acceptable to not recite the Fatiha in that particular situation. So that is a very direct, clear evidence, okay? Number two, um, the interesting thing about this hadith is that the scholars differed. What did it mean, don't do that again? Some said, uh, uh, don't walk in your ruku'ah. You can't go into ruku'ah and walk. Some said that don't do where you go and stand in the the prayer line by yourself. You must not stand alone by yourself. Some said it means both. So the scholars differ over that. But basically we, we said before that if there is no space, then it's completely permissible for you to start your own new line by yourself. That's absolutely fine. And as for walking in the prayer, then one should not walk in that manner. And that's what the majority of the scholars consider. So anyway, I hope that those two Hadith make it clear that a person does not need to recite Fatah. Right, okay, I think we're, we're clear on the Ruquat as well. Right, and we're up to date. Um, uh, we're up to date on that. And there's some few references there for the Hadith as well. Uh, but just to make it clear, Mesa, I don't know which versions uh, uh, Naeem and uh, Rehan have posted, but there are a number of versions of this Hadith. Okay, a number of versions. And uh, and by combining all its Turuq, uh, it, it is authentic. All right, so now... Where are we now? Is that where we are now? Yeah. On page 304. So now the next rukan is to stand up from the ruku itself. This is the fifth pillar of the prayer. And Sheikh says, I wish that the author had said, to to rise from the ruku'a. Uh, 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 and he says that because that's something which you do before you stand up. And that's actually what the hadith states as well, because the Prophet ﷺ said, hatta then raise, then rise up from the ruku' until you are standing straight. That's what the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ states in Bukhari. Rise up from the ruku' until you are standing straight. So the point being that we should have mentioned to rise and stand straight and to call it one. You remember, like I said last a couple of weeks ago, I said that don't ever get too caught up. Ya yani, you know. This is one of the reasons why i don't take madahib so seriously because they are people who are speaking to their students always trying to make things easy for them and they're great tools but they're not the objective they're the means right so you know it's quite acceptable for a scholar to like Sheikh Amin, you know he should carry on and say right so as far as i'm concerned the rafa is one rukan and to stand up straight is a different rukan right and whereas someone will say you know what it is standing is enough for me because you can only get to standing coming through raising Another one will say, well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna combine I'm gonna combine both of them into a statement, but they're all considered to be yani it's a one person's five is another person's seven when it comes to these issues. So we don't take these two seriously as long as we understand the actions themselves. Okay. Um, so, uh, and Sheikh Uthameen makes a really important st- interesting statement. He explains why the author didn't say then he rises from the Ruqua, and that's the next pillar. Why did he say he stands up straight? Because rising from the pillar, right? If you just leave it at that, and you say that the fifth pillar is to rise up from the ruku'ah, if you left it at that, then theoretically, what's the next one? Sujud. So then you could do this. So this is your ruku'ah, yep. Yeah? You rise, and then you go straight down for su- first sajda. Like we see so many people, so many paqs, so many uncles, so many people praying like that, yep. Yeah? Whereas if you say then you got to stand up straight, then you're not going to stand up straight without rising anyway. But if you stand up straight, then at least you have prevented this action where you kind of go, half go up into a lazy kind of stand and come straight back down again. Because people don't bother going up and standing straight, allowing the body to relax, breathe. رَبَّنَا وَلَكَ الْحَمْدِ حَمْدٍ كَثِيرًا طَيِّبًا مُبَارِكًا فِي Yani doing all the adhqaar and the dua that should be done at that moment. They're not giving themselves a the chance. They're just like, Allahu Akbar. <speaking in Hebrew> I, I, when I teach As-Salah, I give the example that it's almost like they've got one of these big elastics stuck to their chest and it's stuck to the ground, like a, you know, like a. And as soon as they uh, lift themselves up, it's kind of pull them right down to the ground again. They don't even allow themselves to stand up, which is a disgrace, obviously. So Sheikh Al saying the reason why he didn't say he rises up is because just in case someone would believe by reading this as the first time, not looking into any commentary, that it means he sta- he he rises and then doesn't need to go and complete it standing and just go straight into that. I hope that that makes sense to you, okay? So that's the reason why the Mu'allif, and obviously the best thing to have said would be, he rises up from the rukua until he's standing straight. Now, let me just make it clear that in some of the schools, especially in the Hanafi school, in the Hanafi school to stand up straight is not from the arkan according to some of the riwayat from the, the Hanafi school. And there's some difference on what is the established position or not, which is why it's a little bit difficult Even though it's not, it's the right thing to do, to advise people to stand up straight, because even the Hanaf consider it to be from the obligations, but not from the arkan, okay? They said that to stand up straight is not from the arkan, a person's prayer is not invalidated, or that raka'ah is not invalidated if a person just does that whole pack. That's where it comes from, by the way. That's where it comes from. So they come up a little bit and then they go straight down. They don't even stand up properly, which is not right. And we need to obviously correct that. And correcting that makes, means, first of all, implementing ourselves, slowing our prayer down and doing it all properly, and establishing not just the arkan, but the wajibat and the sunnah in every single action, and then teaching others as well. So, so in the hadith of uh, Bukhari and muslim in a sahihain um, the, the hadith says, hatta So then, raise your head until, raise yourself until you are standing straight. What is the evidence of this? That hadith that we just mentioned, the hadith of Abu Hurairah in explaining the story of the one who erred in his prayer that the Messenger of Allah told him to that, told him to do this yani, in the prayer to stand up, to raise himself and then stand up and stand up completely and absolutely. Okay? Um There's an exception to this. All right. If you're reading a book then the exception is there but I am putting it out there, a quiz. A wet kipper to the one who gets it right. And a white kipper is a delicacy. So let me just make that clear. Who can tell me what the exception to this rule is? Is there an exception that exists to the obligatory pillar, essential nature of standing back up? This act. Is there an exemption to this in the Salah? Who can think of it? So, about people who physically can't, let's go back a bit. In Rukua as well, and to stand back up. Anyone who is... Uh, name, if you got that, okay, without reading this book, yeah? I need to hear. Are you reading sharh al-Mumti' in front of us or not? Answer that question before anything else. I'm not saying a single word. There's a kipper on the line here, okay, and we don't mess about with our kippers, so we need to hear that, yep, okay, yes or no, all right. So, um, as everybody is saying, okay, there's a name black that one is saying reading. Oh, he is reading, okay, he's reading the book, okay, cello. So, so Jeeva's thrown in a good one, Uh, Jeeva's thrown in a good one. And marine is There's some good answers here, so let's do one. Let's deal with each one one by one. First of all, the issue of um, ability. Okay, if a person has a problem with his back, okay, a problem with his back meaning that um, uh, you know they just physically can't, then the roko doesn't need to be completely straight. It has as much as you can do, and likewise, standing up is going to be as much as you can do as well. Okay, so. Uh, you know so th- that's off the table that's a given you do not need to stand up straight or even going to ruku or even sajda or even any of the actions of the prayer if you physically can't so that's something which is so as shaf said and as uh, everybody else has said so that's, that's that's not on the table so that's that, that's obvious now let's look at these some of these answers of thing. yeah i need to keep going down a bit here lala <whistles> yep so We've got some answers which are talking about janazah. So three or four folks have mentioned janazah. The reason why janazah is not correct is because I indicated that it needs to be a prayer with the ruku'ah. And that therefore doesn't have the, uh, you don't have the, uh, 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 it's not a pillar to stand up. Okay, so that's obviously, God means that there got to be a ruku'ah there. So the janazah doesn't have that. The next question is the prayer of war. And in actual fact, in Salatul Khawf, three people have mentioned that there is, you have to stand up from the because it's a normal prayer. Okay? Now, if you mean war and that you're under fire and Salatul Khawf is thrown out of the window in the normative sense, then that's another option, of course. But then that's like, you know, that's, that's like saying the guy who's a prisoner or the guy who's flat out on the ground and it's prayer time and he's praying just as he is, and then everything is dropped. No, no. I am talking about an actual proper prayer and name, he got it right first time round. It is Salatul Kusuf, okay, and it's not just Salatul Kusuf, but it is the Ruku'a in the second of the uh, Ruku'a of the Salatul Kusuf. What's that mean? First of all, Salatul Kusuf is the prayer of the eclipse. When you when an eclipse happens, it's Sunnah to pray the eclipse prayer. And the way that we're gonna to come to this in its right time. But when you pray the eclipse prayer, and we need to come back to Jiva's answer, by the way, out of fear. That's very important. Yep. Yeah. Um when you pray the eclipse prayer, this is how it goes: allahu Akbar, Rahim, Alhamdulillah, and then you start with al-Baqarah, you start the any you know, serious recitation, very long prayer for the whole hour, hour and a half period, two hour period of the eclipse beginning to end. That's the sunnah. Okay? So, what happens is that you recite your long uh, surah, your your everything, whatever, half baqarah, full baqarah, whatever it is, and then Allahu Akbar, and then you go into Ruquat. Subhana rabbil al-Azim, subhana rabbil al-Azim, subhana rabbil al-Azim. Sami al-hamida rabbana walaka al-hamd. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen ar-Rahman So each raka'ah, each unit, okay, it has kusuf. It has um, a double uh, thingy, a double ruku'ah. Okay, it has two ruku'ah. And so therefore, you and then uh, uh, then let's say in the second raka'ah now you finish the rest of Baqarah or you done Ali Imran. So this is super long prayer, okay? You go for ruku'ah, may Allah Allahu Akbar, and you go into Sajdah. To Sajdah, then you stand up. Then you do that whole thing again. So, the prayer of the lunar eclipse, okay, is a prayer which ends up with you reciting Fatiha four times. So, it's a two unit prayer, okay? It's a, it's a two unit prayer. But in this two unit prayer, you will recite uh, Surah Al Fatiha four times some kind of surah four times you will have four rukus and you'll have four sajdas two times two the sajdas will be normal basically everything else is abnormal so first of all that's the uh the the um that's the kusuf prayer now in the kusuf prayer itself the second ruku is a sunnah okay it's the it's a the second ruku is a sunnah So the actual obligatory, essential ruku'ah in that prayer is the first one. So this is one of those weird kind of exemptions, yeah? It's the first one, which is the exemption. uh, But in the second one, uh, when the the second ruku'ah in the first raka'ah is a sunnah act, if that makes sense. If that makes sense. Uh, Okay. Um, I think, yeah, that's fine. And then the next, okay, let's do some questions. Oh yeah, so out of fear. Now, you remember that this is not really so much part of the normative kind of madhab or you know, opinions and stuff. Uh, but um, there's this idea that a person, if he is out uh, uh, in immense fear of being caught, then he doesn't need to stand up straight. So it's not really the issue of standing up. So we gave the example that there's someone that is running away from a dictator or someone who's trying to kill him and he's in a field and it's time to pray. But if he now prays standing, even though... He's completely fine. He's not mobile. It's an obligatory prayer. So he has to stand and pray it properly. But if he stands up, then he'll be above the, the fence and he'll get caught. Okay, and so therefore, when he gets seen by Yani, you know, when 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 he gets seen then he's going to call, get caught. So he's thinking so much about it so that he will not be able to think and that extreme state of fear and paranoia is what's going to be done, is what's going to completely ruin his mind. Therefore, they basically, and it's and they're the uh, mean? and you're the one who's innocent. So in this scenario, a person should, um, a person should, uh, or not should, is allowed to take the dispensation of, um, uh, 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 take the dispensation of praying uh, sitting down or praying yani yeah, in a low down restricted manner so that's kind of like an exception which is not the correct answer to the question why? because all of the whole prayer is an exception you know what I mean? everything is like messed up whereas the question I put was very specific and it was very well answered by uh, by, uh, Naim so good alright the next point then was sujood ala al-saba' okay to then prostrate uh, on the seven limbs and this is a, a rukan okay and we've spoken about all of this already as well but we'll just get we'll just cover this so the evidence for this is the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Ya أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُ رُكَعُوا وَاسْجُدُوا all you who believe bow and prostrate so it's a clear absolute obligation okay so Al-Hajj verse 77 to make sajda the statement of the Prophet ﷺ that he said to the one who erred in his prayer, Hadith Bukhari: Thum hatta "Then go into prostration and be completely still and relaxed in that state of prostration." And the third one is the same as last time, the continuation of the Prophet Every single prayer, never did a prayer without it, never ever must be number four. The ijma' and consensus of the scholars, even the Shaykh al doesn't mention that, but that's an absolute, absolute consensus. Okay, um, and of course. Uh, it's not just prostrating but it's got to be done in a very specific way and we've sp- again go back and you'll see that it's got to be done in order and that's my position that you should go down knees first and then hands and then whatever but then when you're actually in sajda there's got to be seven limbs d- uh, touching and those seven limbs is the forehead with the nose which counts as one two hands two knees two feet and the evidence for that is the Prophet hadith of Abdullah ibn Abbas عنهما, hadith Bukhari where he said that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said that he, The Prophet وسلم, said ala That we were commanded to make sajda on seven limbs. Bi-yadihi ilal-anfi he said the forehead and he pointed to his nose, which indicates both as one continuous thing. The toes of the feet itself. Planted solid. That's your sajda. Uh, go back and watch all the videos because there's no way I'm moving from my, my uh, sofa. Why are people going on Costco sofa? Is there a need for that? Does that make it better or worse, by the way? That's the other thing I don't understand. I don't understand whether we're getting dissed or whether we're getting praised. I don't even know. But regardless of it, I'm not moving from the sofa. Alright? There's enough videos there. Why don't you go to lessons and uh, look into resources and post some for them? Why don't you make life easier for them? Instead of just looking at the screen and thinking how many kilometres that you think that you're gonna, you did this morning and how much you're going to dream about tomorrow. <laughs> Right. So that's Sajda. وَلْإِعْتِدَالُ عَنْهُ Okay. Then to get up from the Sajda itself. This is the seventh of the seven pillars of the prayer. Okay. always said clearly that this is lessening the the izzata of my sofas. Right. So um, in al rawd al-Murbi' um, one of the uh, books of the Humble Fiqh okay um, there's yeah I mean, there's some discussion about this in actual fact yeah I mean, what is this referring to or what, what why or what does it mean to stand up to, to get back up straight and so on um, it's and basically the idea is is that this is a separate act to sitting between the two seagittors okay um, And even though it's a separate act but it's not possible to be imagining just like I said earlier on that this act occurs except with these happening as a precursor to it. Okay? Okay? Um, but as I said to you before some scholars will say that the the, 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 the sitting up straight itself is a rukun in of itself and the sitting in in that position remaining there is itself a rukan uh, uh, itself. So let me give you an example of what he means. He goes that for example, someone say, hey, so you're in Sajda. Imagine you're in Sajda. And someone goes, oi. And you quickly stand up to have a look. You know, who's calling you? Or there's a danger. Or someone says, run. Or someone says, fire. Yeah. So if you're in Sajda and someone says, fire, and you get up to quickly check, where's the fire? Where's the animal? Where's the lion? Where's the X, where's the Y? This act of you getting up and now you being in your position is an act which never had a niyyah. So it's not actually the act of getting up for the sake of the salah and for the sake of Allah itself. But you got up because of danger. You got up because, yani, you know, there's some kind of problem. Right? And... فَيَقُومِ غَيْرِ نِيَّةٍ ثُمَّ يَجْلِسٍ It happened before, without an intention and then he sits down. فَهُنَا حَصَلَ بدون ثم جلوس. وعلى هذا يلزمه أن ثم يقوم So he basically said that a person who gets up like this, he's able to do that without a So there was two acts that were kind of skipped, even though in consecu- uh, in the conclusion, you actually got there anyway. Right? So um, what we what, what we got now right here, is, a person got up for the wrong reason and now he actually needs to, ironically, once he realises no one around or he's safe, he actually needs to go back to sejda. and then say Allahu Akbar and not just because of the Allahu Akbar but he needs to say Allahu Akbar and get up with an intention to sit up straight and relax and then remain seated there in of themselves. Now, as I said to you before, you could argue, should you happen to do, do you need to have the near to, uh, is this two, is it separate, is it enough to say raising, is it enough to say sitting, is it enough to say get up straight, is it, and these are just discussions which are semantic, frankly. All right, so uh, uh, for me, I'm not too fussed, but I'm happy to go along with the, with the idea of separating them up, that he raises up from them to sit up straight, and then he remains seated, I'm happy with that. But it's important to understand that, they are definitive. They are definitive, intentional acts of worship. You have to intend to sit up and to sit. Now, I'll give you an example. Um, Sheikh Uthameen mentions a person that he's standing up and he needs to go. Um, he needs to go into sajda. Yeah. Now, he's come up from ruqooah and he faints. No faints. Let's say he. Let's say that he gets up so quick that he gets like a rush to the head blood rush, and he just collapses. And he collapses effectively into sujood. The scholars said that he's going to get back up and do that again properly because he's not actually gone down to sujood, he fell down. And the falling down unintentionally is not an act of worship that is allowing him to have gone down to sujood properly. Because this action did not happen with an intention. So he must go back up and then come back down again. For فَالظَاهِرْ شَيْخ says, what يعني I'm going to go with, and what's more apparent to me, uh, أَنَّ الْأَوْلَى إِبْقَاءَ الْكَلَامَ الْمَاتِنَ عَلَى مَا هُوَ عَلَيْهِ فَيَكُونَ لَيْعِتِدَالُ وَالْجُلُوسِ كِلَهُمَا رُكَنَ And he goes, the basically, let's just stick to the, the fact that what the, 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 the author has said, which is that the, 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 to get to raise up from the sajda and stay straight is itself a rukan, and then to stay seated there is also a uh, a Ruken, which we're going to come to uh, now. How many minutes? In... Okay, we've still got some time. Um, right, let's just quickly do some questions here. Right, Did you say that our knees must touch the ground first when we go into there? Now, this is allowed. It's allowed to do both. To go hands first and to go, and it doesn't. It doesn't nullify the rakat at all. Yeah, ideally, if you go back to the section on the description of the Sajda, you will find a long discussion about it. But both is absolutely fine. It used to be now chocolate, it's sofa. Fatima, we will speak about whatever we possibly can just to get our mind off the text itself. And of course, the big C. Costco sofa. Because, Sheikh, you have stated lately, you like buying in bulk. So maybe thought... <laughs> cheeky little fish. I don't buy my sofas in bulk. But I like the idea, though. I like it. Right. Is it authentic that the females are to differ in the Sajda position? Limbs to be closer to body. So, uh, Zenith, we've covered that in detail as well. And The answer is no. We believe that there are, yes, in the Hanbali school, in fact, all of the four schools consider the, the prayer of the female to be something that needs to be um, uh, combined. But that's not the position of Sheikh not the position of Ibn Taymiyyah, not my position, and not the class position either. But it is the Hanbali position. Okay, but we'll come back to that later. Uh, we're not going to come back to that later at all. Sorry, we've covered that for weeks and weeks. Again, you find it in description of the prayer. Or just become friends with Mesa and she'll tell you exactly where it is. Um, is saying that adhkar in sujood also considered a wajib? Fahim asks. The answer is yes. And we'll come to that later. So the rukun itself is just the act of being in the prostration. Correct. That is correct. Fahim, correct. Ayaz, what happens in a situation where a person makes a mistake in the prayer doesn't realize it so that they both make... Ayaz, you're asking questions that you know that are not coming up now. And I already told you that's coming up in a second separate section. So you want to behave yourself. Right. Okay. Uh, so the next one is Al Julus Okay, the Julus to sit between the two Sajdas. This is the eighth rukan in this whole uh, list of uh, Essentials of the prayer. The Prophet ﷺ, evidence for this is the Hadith Bukhari, the one he said to the one who erred in his prayer, And then raise up from the, or rise up from the sajda until you are sitting uh, relaxed, calm, serene, chilled in your sajda. This tumanina, which we're going to come to in a second, is essential, okay? Relaxed. So this is the evidence that you must sit down. Now, the sitting, the Prophet here did not describe what the, the sitting needs to be, how it needs to be done, okay? He did not describe how the manner of this sitting is. However, we have covered that in huge amount of detail. The different versions, but if any kind of sitting will mean that the prayer is valid. But there's a sunnah way of sitting, as we said, you come back up, left, left foot yani flat, which you sit on, and then your right foot in the state of nasab yani up like that. And this is something, and or, or we describe yani sitting on your feet like this. Again, all the videos are there, all the lessons are there, all the pictures are there. Even when you look at the transcribed notes, Mace does an awesome job by inserting pictures in as well. It looks very very nice and very good in terms of explanation. So. Sheikh basically said what's liked, what's not liked. We've covered that before. But the main point is, is that you have to sit and you have to relax. What's the evidence for that? The next Rukhan, the ninth Rukhan. What Tuma'neena fil And to be in a relaxed, chilled state in all of that. In all of that, Fil-Kul. Meaning every single act that we've spoken about, every single movement that we've spoken about, you must be relaxed in that state, okay? Um, everything whether you're standing, whether you are reciting Fatiha, whether you're going to Ruquah, when you stand up from Ruquah, when you go down for Sajda, In Sajda itself, when you come back up and you, you sit down, yani when you sit in between Sajda, So this ninth is referring to the previous eight, that you must be relaxed. It must be wholesome and fulfilling. It must be something which is uh, slowed down. The evidence is, when he was teaching this person who had heard in the prayer in the Hadith Bukhari, every single thing that he told that man to do, he followed it with the statement, until you are in a state of tuma'nina. Okay, as Allah says in the Quran, quoting Ibrahim Allah says, تُؤْمِنْ Do you not believe? And he, uh, Ibrahim a.s., you know, he said, ar-ni, ar-ni, yeah, in the Qur'an, Ibrahim says, Ya Allah, show me how you bring the dead back to life. And Allah says, well, don't you believe? Don't you believe? And Ibrahim says, no, of course I believe, but just so that my heart can have some tumatina. So that my heart can be relaxed. It can be, you know, I can be comfortable. I can see extra evidence upon evidence, meaning that I don't even have to think about this. Just shower some of that mercy upon me. So I'm so chilled. And Allah says, And is it not that in the remembrance of Allah that that the hearts find tumatneena, Mean they become relaxed. So tumatneena means when you're completely serene, when you're completely chilled. And you can add to that physical components of stillness, time, slowing everything down, no movement. All of this is to relax, relax, relax. So you can't have sharp movements. That's why when you see people who are in, out, in, out, like this, praying, like that, doing this, in every action, all of this, this is not the action of a person who is praying. Um, and uh, uh, Okay, istiqrar means that a person is solid and settled. Yeah, when a person settles, when a person sits down, settles, yep. Yeah? There needs to be that stillness. Now, the question is, what is the actual limit of that stillness? How much does a person need to do to achieve stillness? How do you define stillness? This is the problem. How do you define a state of chilled? Is it a time? Yes, it's going to need a time. So what's going to be the level of that time? How are we going to measure that time? There's two basic opinions. Some of the scholars said, a sukun to have sukun, to have relaxation, um, sorry, to, to have tumatnina, is sukun wa in is to achieve just stillness even if it's a moment. Hatta wa wajib al wajib. Meaning even if that stillness is achieved without the obligatory dhikr that needs to be said. So the classic example is we know that when you go into ruqu'ah, it is obligatory wajib to say subhanahu rabbi aldin is one second. It's probably half a second, actually. So a person could go into Ruqwa for a quarter of a second. So let's say he comes into Ruqwa, goes in and then straight back out again. So he gets the straight back and straight in, but he only stays for a quarter of a second. And the minimum time taken to say is half a second. So he actually achieved stillness for a period of time less than the obligatory dhikr that he needs to say in that pillar action, in that rukkan action, if that makes sense. The second opinion is is that tumatnina, to achieve the state of chilled tumatnina, this Rukan state in all of the arkan, you have to be still long enough to do the obligatory dhikr that's required. So in the second opinion, a person would have to go into ruku' and be there still, relaxed enough, breathing enough, inhale, exhale enough to say Subhan rabbi Subhana rabbil azim SubhanAllah rabbil azim rabbil azim is three times, that's a sunnah. No, obligatory, it's only one. So at least one second or at least half a second, he's got to remain there. Okay, now, um, so for example, in a per- if we take the second opinion, which I'm just going to save you all of the drama, that is the correct opinion without a shadow of a doubt. Okay, but let's just and explain that this would mean that a person would have to remain still in their prayer for at least... When he comes into Ruquh, Rabbi Rabbiyal Azeem, to at least be up here for Samiyallahu liman hamida or Rabbana walaka hamd if he's praying behind someone else, to go into sujood and be there at least for the time to say Rabbi Rabbiyal Aala, and to be sitting in this place at least for the time to say Rabbi Ghefirli, okay? This is basically the humbly position, this is a class position as well, that this is a bare minimum. But we'll come to this in a second, okay? Sheikh says, if, if, what if a person was to say, um, is there actual is there actually really a difference? Is there really in reality a difference between a person who stays still for a quarter of a second and staying still still for half a second? Okay? Sheikh says absolutely there is. There's a big, massive difference. If a person was to remain still for less than the time that it takes to do the dhikr wajib and um, and then carries on in the prayer, he has to. Uh, uh, then Sheikh says that the prayer is valid for this person, the prayer is valid, however he has to make such because he forgot to do the uh sajda he forgot to do the uh, he didn't realize that he didn't say the the, the the obligatory uh dhikr as we said if you miss out an obligation you have to make such his prayer is valid though okay his prayer is valid so that's yani, the in the, in the in the in the scenario uh, uh that's uh, the first scenario the second scenario wala if the if the if we apply the opinion that sukoon can only be achieved to can only be achieved if you have stillness to the level or the length of time that you have to be able to say one dhikr obligatory a, 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 a statement of dhikr then if a person was follow uh, did the first act meaning he did it less than then the prayer is invalidated so the prayer is not sahiha let alone whatever the prayer itself has been invalidated because he did not fulfill Pillar number nine. I hope that makes sense. I, I know I kind of like went a long way around, but I hope that that makes uh, sense. And that's why the scholars, they gave they, they, they went into this detail uh, the, uh, and they made difference between a person who says the, the dhikr and the one who doesn't say the the, 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 the dhikr. Um, anyway, Sheikh Yani summarizes position like I want to, which is very straightforward, which is that the correct position is that al wajib this is yani what is the correct position. That a person must be able to say the obligatory dhikr. And that's for a number of reasons. First, because the dhikr has been made obligatory is therefore a reason. But practically because, as the Sheikh says, Yani this is there يعني, Meaning that uh, this state of comes from being still, firm and established. And anything reducing that, minimizing that and leading to what's almost a constant flow action is going against that. You can't have constant flow. Whereas if you're having something settled, that's the difference. Settling means time. Everything settles, relaxes. And I always say that the way to measure it, practically speaking, for those who are struggling to understand, is at the very least you have to do the basic dhikr, obligatory, and I add an extra physical dimension, which is that you should be able to breathe in and breathe out. And why do I say this? This is not from the Quran or Sunnah per se, but this is just to give a person help. It's because when we breathe in, inhale and exhale, the diaphragm comes up, the spine cord comes up, and then (laughs) Like when you go in for Rukua, for example, your uh, disc, your spinal cord is stretched, when you stand back up, the spinal cord, the discs will kind of compress and they get back into their normal, natural position. You want everything to settle. When you sit, you settle. When you go into sajda, you settle. Everything needs to be relaxed. You've got to give yourself an opportunity. I haven't even spoken about the sunnah. The sunnah, as I said, is to be there for ages. To be there for ages. The, the, the hadith of the Prophet says that his ruku and his standing and his sujood be the same length. And yet we know that there are so many du'as that he makes and dhikr that he makes, which we covered before. So it's clear that the actual point of the prayer is to elongate this period, to have proper elongated length of time. So I hope that that makes sense. To, to, this immediate moment is not enough because you can always make immediate moments of stillness. You know, from a microscopic or molecular level, every time that you go up, down, what down is a stillness technically. But it's not about the technicals. We want to slow things down. So just to finish this off and then we'll then go back to the questions. Uh, uh, um, Sheikh says, and let's not forget the hikmah. Okay? The hikmah, the wisdom behind is that the salah is an act of worship. Sometimes we get so involved in the technical things, especially as we're covering now in the fiqh, we forget that it's an act of worship where you are begging your Lord for help. You're begging for salvation. And if you are not Relaxed and you're not reverent, you're not showing reverence and awe and respect to Allah, then it's a big joke, it's a a game, then it's a joke. It's not real, then. Person, you know, fidgeting around. You know, if you stand, someone stands in front of you, wants something, and they're like fidgeting and they're scratching and they're whatever, you know, and he's in his t shirt and he's, you know. You've got to take the situation serious and a person that walks, you know, you see the person's got a gravitas and you can feel the situation's serious. I suppose a person's all over the place, fidgeting and twitching and nervous and, you know, that's not right. So stillness, extra adhkar to elongate your, your time in that position. Working on your breathing to get yourself yani, in a nice relaxed state so that you can yani, enjoy that moment and praise him properly and make the dhikr properly and to exalt him properly, Subhana. Um, and Shaykh says that are we worshipping Allah just by movements? He goes, la wallahi by Allah no, we have not been required to just do movements for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, if a person, if, if the Salah was just meant to be a combination of actions and statements then all we basically would then do is to go in and then come out and we'd clear our debt with Allah, Bara'u الذِّمَّ Meaning that what we owe to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is dealt with just by going up and down, up and down. Okay? The point of the prayer is to give a person life and to bring light into that person's heart, into their actions, into their life. The Prophet ﷺ said, as-salatu nurun," that the prayer is a light. wa sada, wa sadaqatu burhan, and that charity is a proof. Yani, you don't give charity just because the sake of it or because you got a lot of money or whatever. Sadaqah, you give to prove your commitment to Allah that I don't just walk the walk, I don't just talk the talk, I walk the walk as well. I put my money where my mouth is. The salah itself is meant to have a transformative effect. If it's not improving your act, if your prayer, you go in, and it's just bam 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 bam, then you come back straight out, and it's not improving you and making you better, then that whole point was a waste of time. The whole point of salah is that it's meant to give you light to your heart, it's meant to light your face, It's meant to light your grave. It's meant to light your your direction. It's meant to impact upon people around you. (laughs) All of the every aspect of the prayer and everything that it's uh, connected to becomes uh, illuminated. illuminated. And if you do not achieve that, then the prayer is deficient and there's no doubt about that. And that's why some of the Salaf, the early founding fathers used to say, that if the prayer does not stop a person from fahsha and munkar, if a person is continuing to sin and do haram acts, and illegal acts, and sexual acts, and desirous acts, and the prayer is not stopping them from doing that, then the only thing that the prayer did was to make them further away from Allah. That prayer only pushed them further away from Allah because it didn't do what it's meant to do. Because Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, الصلاة الصلاة Establish the prayer. Indeed, the prayer it prohibits, it staves off, it pushes away and munkar. This is something which is absolutely confirmed. Inna, mean, indeed, that's what the prayer does. And so, if it's not it means you're not praying properly. If you're not praying properly, you might have the most perfect technical acts, but if it's all one just big fluid act with the right statement said in the right time, but it's got no life to it, it's got no soul to it, it's got no light, then the prayer is a waste of time. So it didn't have the impact upon you. You did not pray like you are meant to do. All you did was try to technically tick the box. And the prayer is not just a requirement to save your backside the prayer is meant to improve your relationship with Allah meant to improve your behavior it's like what we we're saying yeah I mean, we see yeah I mean, in these times Muslims uh, and we're talking about Muslims so we focus on Muslims this is the last point now uh, that you know in this whole hoarding and pushing and you know uh being greedy whatever one of these are people who go to the masjid and praying at home and praying everywhere and you think that this and then they go out there and they do acts like that or they fraud or they lie or they steal or they pretend or they whatever they do it's just not possible for a person who's a praying person to be doing that kind of act. So this is a reminder to us and it's an important reminder, especially now that everybody's at home and uh, becoming now more dependent upon themselves. Normally you're praying behind imams, praying nice and sweet, you can relax, but now everybody has to stand up for themselves and you've got to make sure that the prayer is an experience. Where you prepare for it beforehand, before you go in, that you work out what you're going to say in terms of the surahs that you revise them, not only so that you don't make mistakes, but you understand what they mean and that you can reflect upon them when you're in the prayer. That you make lots of du'a, that you read about what's happening around and the situation of the Muslims, and therefore that in your du'a you you picture you picture them, you visualize them in the prayer. You when you're making your du'a, you keep yani, that for, uh, mind that in the, that foremost in your mind. Anyway, the Sheikh basically says uh, that in summary that this stillness in the prayer and this this humbleness humility in front of allah and knowing he's in front of you and you're not closing your eyes and ignoring him but you're showing that respect and that reverence by keeping your eyes open and lowering them down which is the height of respect that that completely ridding of arrogance putting the most valuable thing that you've got onto the floor all of this is a declaration from you that you are taking this seriously and that we we all must improve in that, not just the legal parts that we've been covering. Right, let's do the questions. Lala, come and get this stuff off the screen. Come down. Come on, come on. Right, down, down. So, how does, down, 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 down. How does uh, someone do with war and pray if they have physical disability and reduce mobility? So the answer to that is that you do it as best as you possibly can. Um, to your physical ability, and if you are unable to, then you get someone to help you with that, Yani. Yeah, um, to you know, pour water or to physically help you in that sense. So that's something which um, that's something which you should do. As uh, Zenit is saying, what's the difference between seven and eight? Seven, as I said to you before, the actual act uh, uh, for me is is neither there, neither here, nor there. Same thing. But the, as I explained, a person could get up without actually wanting to and then stay there so he's in sajda someone shouts fire and he gets up and he sits there and he looks then he just says okay then he goes down for sajda second time round so shaykh is saying that both are acts of worship the getting up is an act of worship we say Allah akbar and you do it i need to get up and then you sit separately you just sit so both need to be done all right down, down la, down right um the uh down 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 other way bro down right uh, and now up to okay no 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 no. right when we sit for the final tashahud and we start at the tahiyat uh, and then doubt how many sajda was done what's the next step so you make yeah, a decision you got to think about that work it out we're going to come to that later of course but at that moment you have a good think and if you can work it out very easily how many you've done then you and you've missed some out then you work out where you missed it and you go to there and you start the prayer again from there. That's my position. Then you make said to afterwards. Okay, but like I said, this is not for now. Uh, wouldn't it be impossible for someone to do the half-rise and stabilize in that position if the premise is that we stabilize in every action position? Um, yes, maybe. That could uh, be argued. Maybe. but um, uh, 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 But I think you could probably technically get out of it. By saying a person could, for example, you know, rest on his hips. Or could be, you know, there could be some ways, I'm sure. So if you're going to Ruquah and just as you place your hands on the knees, at the same time the Imam comes up and says, And you're not sure if you caught that Raka'ah, would you you then make this Raka'ah again to be on a safe side? Or would you only make it up if you're 100% sure that you didn't make it? Now you don't need to be 100% sure, but if you believe that uh, you, uh, you that, uh, you didn't make it, Okay. If you believe that you didn't make it, then um, that's all that's enough. You don't you, you don't wait. But if you are there and you touch your knees and you hear some that, that's good. But if you're not sure, then of course it's best to make it up. Of course if you're not sure it's best to make it up. Yeah? What about the They don't they don't say anything between the sajdas. It's not about the necessarily like I said, it's qadr dhikr al wajib. It's not al wajib rahad. Yeah, it's not to have to say the dhikr, because as you said, some people will will, will will disagree, right? Some will disagree on whether you need to say dhikr or not. But at least you will know what the amount of the dhikr is. At least you will know the length of time. So it doesn't matter about what the Hanaf believe or not believe. The second opinion in catching raka'ah, how do the two marry up? Because a person could be in the ruku'ah for less time than it takes. I had to ask a really good question that, okay? He said that, look, if you're going to go with the whole... Uh, um, position of uh, 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 the dhikr al-wajib, then, and you're only there just for enough time for the imam to say, Samyallahu liman hamida, how does that work? So, um, I'm gonna blag out of this question, which is to say that uh, uh, why are you hitting on the books with that? Okay, why are hitting on the books? There's some sick books here, but I have to say that there's some Urdu collection here as well. Don't be hitting on my Urdu collection. Okay. Can you read this? No, I'm showing you, because I know that you ain't got a clue, have you? See, You're useless. I know it. I didn't know it. and anyway, I can't bother I Forget that. all right Okay. So my back's hurting, man. I did my intercostal muscles the other day. You know that. Um. So. The answer is is that you have done enough because of the fact that the Prophet ﷺ has indicated that a person who reaches the Ruqur itself has done an absolute bare minimum. And that is a cop-out. But the Imam has basically covered you. The Imam has got you out of that hole. That's what I'm going to say. Okay? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala best. Right. Uh, Awais, can you describe the two positions with regards to Tumatina? To a bit unclear as the difference between the two. You're kidding me, Awais. I just did that, man. Simple, that one is less than the time for obligatory dhikr to be said. The other one is the time for obligatory dhikr to be said. With that, is it true that the amount of time spent in rukut sujood should be kind of similar, preferably, i.e. a super short ruku and a super long sujood are kind of mismatched and it's better to keep both around the same duration. That's correct, and that's how they describe the, the prayer of the Prophet ﷺ. Uh, move up, move up. Zakhla no, Shuray, okay. Off topic, Ramadan questions. See, no getting slapped, the by Wet today today. Uh, can we pray with your eyes closed for better concentration? Uh, answer is no. Maryam, I explained that in a lot of detail, okay? A lot of detail, so please go back to that. I th- not that many lessons ago, by the way. Um, you should not do it. It's not haram, but it's, it's got to be avoided. Okay, Fahim asks As a hafidha, um can one's wife stand behind the Imam in a Jama'ah, holding the Mus'haf, to correct the Imam if he forgets during Taraweeh prayer? at home. Oh as a hafiz, sorry. As a hafiz. So you're the halfith leading the salah. Can what can one's wife stand behind the imam in a jama'ah? If it's just you and your wife then that's where she stands anyway. And if you're saying that can she correct him then I don't like that. The mushaf being used by an adult. Um, I don't like that even in the nafil prayer. But if it has to happen because there you know there's no one else to check the quality and the correctness then I think it's okay. But not in obligatory prayer, okay? It is not uh, a obligatory uh, prayer only in a Tarawih prayer. I mean, it's not called Tarawih when you're praying at home. It's called qiyamun um, layl, which is what the sunnah is. But uh, anyway, I don't want to get into that because I know that some people don't like that position. My mom has or could not fast the last two Ramadan due to an illness. If she recovers next year, does she have to make up all the fasts? Um, I think that if she is someone who has not got a permanent illness, then uh, then she needs to make them up. Yes, if there's not a permanent illness that one does not require, not not believe that they will recover from, then that's my position. Okay, And Allah knows best. Come on, Allah. Come on. I'm sorry to. Uh, is it possible that Abu Bakr was reading the Fatiha whilst walking up the line? It's possible. It is possible. Um, but is he in Ruqua? Okay, he wasn't. While he was walking towards the line, he was walking in ruku'ah, um, and was referring to catching raka'ah, referring to the catching the barakah of the raka'ah. What does that mean? No, because he, the, as far as we know, he didn't. Re, he didn't stand up to catch. He didn't stand up to do any extra prayer. Okay. Yes, there are schools that require the reading of fatiha no matter what, and they are. Um, Jamiyat Ali Hadith, I think they do that, okay? Um al Hadith they, uh, they consider that to be a requirement Ghassan Yeah, uh, we miss Ghassan, man Let me remind you, okay? That Ghassan is your savior from every angle, by the way You would not be doing 20 kilometers or 10 kilometers Or any kilometers if it wasn't Ghassan, okay? Standing there like a model when you and someone else Looked anything but a model. Hasan, I think you said before that making, although with cold water, is a rewardable act. Does that apply even if you have the option of using warm water? I think so. <laughs> Hasan, you know what? I put this on the other day, and my wife said to me that you know that this thobe is older than our marriage. This thobe, I seem to. I, I, that's sort of according to her. Obviously, women, yeah, they, know these, they know these silly dates about what's longer, what's long. We, oh, how, 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 long, how long do I know long marriages? All I know has been a bloody long time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, flipping long time. And all I know is that my girl remembers that I had this before her, so then it deserves respect. Something that came into this house before her deserves respect. That's what I will say. Ah, uh, with that bookshop tour, bookshelf tour, even. Good to have you back with that Okay, you were being wasted in. Cambridge, but you destroyed our circle. You put Nazar upon our circle, man. Honestly, man. Bought the big C and that was it. Game over. Yara, one minute of silence yani, for the closing of double zero. Catastrophic, to be honest. Let's finish with some fun. Let's finish with Zinath yani, and her struggling issues. Zinat, yani, not messing about. Why should we not take the longest standing madhab seriously? she's gone right in she's not interested in flapping around bro she's like you know what i'll teach you Zenith, you know what it is yeah okay you need to first of all understand what i mean by don't take him too seriously by that i mean that everybody should be studying a method to get them on themselves onto the game but then you get to a stage where you just feel that yep that's yani as far as it goes um and uh, the, uh, this whole idea of, uh, I'm not referring to blindly following them, but following your extensive research. Of course, of course, of course. Like I said, Zinati, unfortunately, you've come in at a time where I've been saying that statement for seven years, eight years, so it has a lot of meaning behind it. You should definitely be following a madhab, which is why we use the Hanbali madhab fiqh itself, but I am not, never, ever going to obligate any people to the exact text. And I'm more than happy to allow this uh, to be. Um, so people will be flexible. There's some Pukhto books in there, Nahid. There are some pukto books in there, all right. All right, I th- people are gonna get bored now. Be me just uh, chatting. Oh, right, so Shazad has uh, done something. Anyone using the iOS app on their iPhones and iPads needs to update their app via test flight, otherwise, it will stop working soon. A new build version has been released, and if you open up test flight, you'll be able to update it from there. I didn't know that. One second, let's open up test flight. So go to your phone, type in test flight okay i've opened up test flight okay update expires in 81 days oh sick all right we'll have some of that oh, you know what my, my wi-fi all oh, right my wi-fi is in the wrong, uh, wrong wrong thingy right south africans don't mess about man marina is saying you could always try making your own pizzas you know this is marina she's the voice of reason Time to be creative and get in the kitchen in the absence of double zero. No point sulking. I never heard anyone who says it like Marina does. Doesn't mess about. She just doesn't mess about. No point sulking. Problem is now if I say to her that uh, I can't, she will say, then what? What Are you saying that your wife's got to cook it? And you know what it is. She is that woman. And I'm not going to get in her way because I don't get in the way of people like that. You know what I mean? All I'm saying is that it's not me alone who's sulking. The world is sulking. There are many people cried today by the way over that okay it works fine okay folks is there it's alive it's sick it's a wicked app that okay test flight you've got to open up test flight and prophetic guidance whatever La-la, how can i see anything when you've gone to take a whole screen off okay let's uh thingy no 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 zenith you're not being difficult at all i'm just saying to you that there's not a chance that i'm going to answer that question in the detail that i have uh uh, uh done it right anyway Uh, I'm just saying that you you don't take the statement too seriously, that's all, okay? If I was very serious about that statement, I wouldn't be telling you to do anything like that. All right, okay. Um, Right, there is only one masjid in over 100 kilometers radius. They're using calculation for the moon for Ramadan and Eid al-Fitr. What to do? What do we do? Yeah, I think that if it's, uh, well, th- actually i tell you something, I haven't thought about this question yet this year because normally our fatwa is of course to go with the community, whatever opinion they're using because all of this has got some ishtihad in it, all of it, okay? This year there might not be an Eid prayer and a Ramadan prayer so the, the definition of community might be uh, defunct which would mean a change to our fatwa which would mean that a person can then follow an opinion that they feel to be correct Which normally we would reject Even the correct opinion We'd put to the side In order to maintain unity If there's going to be no unity Because everybody's praying By themselves at home What's the point of unity? I'm just thinking out loud I need to formulate my ideas For a fatwa this year Because as I said This year it will not be the same Definitely This issue is not to be treated The same as previous years If indeed we're still going to be locked down Which I think very much we will be Lala you've got this big thing In the middle yeah My goodness gracious Can you get rid of it? I can't see anything Thank you Right, Um, when are you going to help the Zoya app board and tell us the stocks stocks that are halal? I don't know what the Zoya app board is, but I will tell you that uh, stick to the, uh, um, uh, I went into, I did an investment today into ISDE. This is not all financial advice and all the rest of it. So code ISDE and also ISUS. These are um, uh, funds that are Islamic funds you can use for your ISA and so on. And they've been vetted according to the uh, Islamic Dow Jones uh, Index and so on. And um, that's it, really. There's some good deals out there. But uh, that's, that's it. No more.